Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, my um, oh, this was nuts. Yeah, my name is Hamid Husseini. I'm, uh, what I'm presenting is um, a work in progress, so I really welcome your feedback and, and comments, and especially your criticisms. That would certainly help me to um, improve this. Um, this um, is also um, a work uh, which is um, being written by me and my partner, co-author Barry Gills. Unfortunately, for health reasons, he couldn't make it to come. So what I'm presenting is mostly my contribution to the paper. Um, and the paper has two aspects. One is the, about the nature of capital and the other aspect is about the future. I'm presenting mostly on the nature aspect and, um, and I may touch um, a little bit at the end um, um, the future aspect um, of, of, um, of capital um, um, by looking at the alternatives um, 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 through the lens of um, Polonian um, um, a double movement theory. Um, so, uh, considering that the time is very limited, I probably better to report on what is yeah, what you may find finally in that paper. Uh, we'll start with a, a kind of a review of um, of um, the theories um, and concepts um, um, of capital, especially starting with the neoclassical, classical, the smart. Um, 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 uh, sorry, David. Um, um, David Smith's um, perception of capital, and then um, to, um, from there to Marx, and um, and then we will uh, discuss the post-Marxian uh, attempts um, um, towards um, dealing with the limitations of the Marxian notion of capital. Um, so, what we probably can find in this process of reviewing the uh, theories of capital or the concepts of capital. Um, from the beginning to now is probably we can recognize a, a trajectory, a process of the de-reification of the concept itself. So if we look at the very original um, neoclassical or classical concepts, you can see with the return of the C word, with the return of, the, of, of capital, uh, we also see the return of, um, of old controversies in addition to the new ones. And they can be probably summarized in terms of these dualities between neoclassical versus Marxian, that neoclassical uh, mostly em emphasizes on, the, um, on, on capital as an object, whereas the Marxian concept is more about process. We know, probably most of us, we know about these differences. Um, the, the neoclassical is more kind of neutral, objective uh, notion of capital, um, whereas the Marxian notion is more kind of uh, um, stress on its uh, biases um, uh, and subjectivity. Um, idealist, in, in terms of the ontology, you can see neoclassical is more idealist, idealist whereas the Marxian is more realist. Um, and also utopianist versus pessimism. Um, so when we look at this and when we continue uh, this um, process of, um, of verification, we can say that probably Marx took the very uh, major a step towards the derification of the concept of capital by emphasizing that uh, uh, on the uh, procedural uh, processual aspect or processual um, um, uh, essence of, of capital. Um, also by uh, emphasizing on the socio-political, um, the essence of capital for, as we know, for, for Marx is kind of socio-political one. Um, it's very convertible. It's, it converts between thing and process. 
its accumulative, uh, the power structure behind capital is very much emphasized. So in that sense, Marx takes a very important step towards the dereification of, of capital. But when we uh, look at the um, reflections, critical reflections on the Marxian notion of capital, especially the more recent ones, um, and um, uh, we see that probably still there is a lot of work to do to reify the concept um, um, of capital. Um, it's not still fully de-reified because uh, um, when you look at this, we can we can see that you know it is still you know, there, are, there are a number of limitations in a in an original Marxian concept, considering the uh, especially the 21st or late 20th century onward and 21st century um, uh, context um, of of capital. So to overcome the limitations, uh, we we have recognized maybe four major limitations. Uh, by reviewing the literature, probably our major contribution is more towards the fourth one. Um, uh, the Marxian concept remains still very production. It says, yes, um, it's a social process, but it's still within uh, the productionist um, um, uh, settings. Um, whereas, you know, and, and we know that post and neo Marxist and critical theories have taken major steps towards, you know, uh, moving beyond productionism. Of, of a Marxian notion of capital. Uh, we also um, know that, you know, um, yes, you know, Marx addressed um, the, 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 the metabolic rift and the differences between the exchange value and, and, uh, and use value, uh, but also there's a lot of work to, it needs to be done and it's already been done by people um, uh, like um, uh, Foster and, and um, more. Uh, so the ecological dynamism and dimensions of capital still need to be uh, well um, understood and theorized. And the third uh, limitation is um, is very pretty well known to many of us, especially to the new left of you know sec second half of 20th century, uh, which um, is you know to go beyond cla the classes aspect by um, by addressing the intersectionality of capital. That capital is not just limited to to class um, in terms of inequality. Um, and we know that you know, contributions from feminism, ecofeminism, uh, post-colonialist and post-eurocentric and post-orientalist post advancements are important, have been important. Uh, the fourth one is that it's, um, it's uh, probably can be, that uh, um, uh, needs a better, you know, more attention and is that, you know, it remains very totalizing um, in terms of the capital. So capital keeps expanding to all aspects of life through the commodification processes. Uh, but um, um, here that actually um, we need to, uh, what remains in, you know, as a limitation, as a very important limitation is that uh, this kind of realism, which is one of the strengths of, of Marxian notion of capital, can also be a weakness itself, because it is uh, too totalizing that leaves little room for non-reifiable non or non-reified or maybe even de-reifying capacities within societies that can actually push back against capital. And that's why when we look at the Marxian 
theory of capital, you don't see enough strength in it in order to explain the alternatives, the transformative capacities of alternatives. You know, and that is mostly you know, the reason that you know, the rise of um, uh, anti-capitalism at the end uh, relies a lot on the limits of capital and the contradictions of capital uh, rather than on the genuine um, you know, capacities of, of transformative uh, forces. Uh, so to address this limitation, I think um, we probably need to move a little bit beyond um, commodification, concept of commodification, and bring the idea of reification back, because reification has the capacity to, reification is much bigger than commodification. Reification is, um, it, it relates object and subject, and it's not just very productionist, it goes beyond productionism. Um, and the, uh, but there is a risk in doing so, because the risk is that when you bring reification to the center of, of concept, to the center of this of theory, I, I just have to skip these and get to this. Um, um, yes, reification is much bigger or broader than commodification, uh, and it's more kind of you know uh, addresses the relationship between object and subject. But it's uh, the risk is that when again we can actually become very totalizing. Um, in our understanding of reification, like what you know, um, George Lukacs um, did. Um, so Lukacs, when he actually, when you can trace the idea of reification back to Marx, but the very probably the very first person who actually tried to theorize it very or in a, in a more articulated way was Lukacs. And what Lukacs did was that Lukacs brought Marx and Hegel, um, um, sorry, Marx and Weber together uh, in order to expand the concept of reification beyond, uh, beyond commodification. But what we did, and, and actually by drawing on Weber, so he ad also addressed you know, issues of you know, how um, ethical aspects of life, aesthetic aspects of life, or, or moral and value systems are going to be determined by, by the obsessions um, towards you know, um, efficiency and, and instrumental rationalism and things like that. Again, you can see that even Lukacs doesn't leave much space for, for the alternatives, for, for the de-reifying alternatives. So um, that is probably can be explained in terms of the lack of a normative presumption in Lukacs' theory of, of, of reification. So that's the risk. So if we can actually bring reification, which is necessary to, to do, uh, to the center of our understanding of today's, uh, today's um, capital, um, we need to be careful not again to, you know, stuck in the trap of becoming highly totalizing um, in, in our understanding. Uh, so reification cannot be very all-encompassing, and we can actually look at the way that, for instance, Hegel tries to uh, theorize reifications in his early lectures of Jena, Jena lectures, eight in, um, 1805, I guess. So he actually tries to see, to say that, you know, uh, object, you know, the relationship between object and subject, you know, because we, when we say, okay, reification is what happens when object actually determines the subject, subject becomes submissive to object. Uh, whereas Hegel says, um, okay, there are area, you know, there there is a possibility that actually subject can use object um, in order to get uh, um, some kind of re some kind of recognition in the society. 
So if we consider that you know, Hegelian uh, concept of reification, where labor can be reified but not yet commodified in a process that you can, for instance, you can find it in commons or in the commons or commoning, therefore we can consider um, some room um, for for de-reifying forces, because in this case, reification is not always against freedom. And because it's not always against freedom, so we can actually bring the, bring the object back to the relationship between subjects. Um, so the, at the end, the, the definition that we try, and I know that it looks very, um, you know, <laughs> abstract, complex, uh, is this, probably if we can actually address all four major limitations of Marxian capital and try to draw on the Marxian capacities um, of addressing these limitations, uh, it would be something like this. Capital is the refined form of, let's say, common sources and capacities, which could be otherwise essential for people's collective and individual well-being and liberation, um, that are exclusively appropriated and, and or utilized for constructing um, or extending complex network systems of manipulative, exploitative, and domineering power relations. I know it's very complex, but let me um, summarize that in to, to reduce the complexity into to two pictures that may resemble the double movement of, um, the, uh, of Polanyi. So uh, this one is, again, as you can see, we're, we're saying that you know, capitalization or capital is the reified form of the commons. And why commons? Because commons, you know, as Hegel um, emphasizes, ha have very interesting um, you know, features. Uh, first thing first, you can see a mutual consent happening in the commons, in the way that we process commons uh, in a pre-capitalist society or a post-capitalist society. Um, the second is that um, um, the, 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 the will of the individual in a common is uh, identified uh, with the will of the collective. So the will of the individual is not against the will of the collective. Um, and um, and the third aspect would be um, um, yes um, recognition through the distribution through the just distribution so for for um, for Hegel um, the exchange value is not totally bad it becomes bad when in actually uh, it creates domination between the two sides of exchange so uh, in a non-capitalist society therefore exchange value. And, and the object or, or, or can actually be used in order to achieve recognition between the individuals, between, between the subjects. Um, therefore, um, commons have a very great capacity. Um, and then when the reification of the commons happens, then we have the capital. But, um, and then um, as the counter movement to these, because you know, through this process, when the commons um, become capital, sorry, when the commons become capital, therefore, as, as Polanyi says, then economy becomes disembedded from the society. Okay, one minute. Um, so the counter movement would be a, you know, a movement from capital to the comment, um, according to our understanding. But when we consider this, I mean, um, there are some criticism of, the, um, of Polanyi, especially uh, its application to today's context. 
And these criticisms, I, I don't have time to go through them, but um, um, in, in counter-movement, it becomes very inevitable because, you know, uh, and then you need to actually try to reinterpret Polanyi to, to solve the situation, to solve its problem. Because again, Polanyi suffers from the problem of totalizing these reifications because, you know, there is not much room left for counter-movement and counter-movement is kind of a reaction, inevitable reaction. But uh, well, if we, if we consider that as something relatively happening, that because, you know, labor, land, nature, money cannot be fully reified, therefore there is always some room for the counter movement to emerge, then we can actually say, you know, then there will still be some problems with that because we don't know, you know, for instance, um, for, for Polanyi, counter movements are very, very heterogeneous and they don't, they, they have conservatives, they have liberals, they have, you know, maybe, um, um, uh, you know, populists, they have social democrats, they have socialist communists, so all sorts of people, all sorts of movements can be, in, can be considered um, as counter movement. So the question is that how capital can it still pers uh, survive in this situation against counter movement? The second question that Polanyi probably can't help us to understand is that why, for instance, among all these, you know, mixture of all these movements within counter movement, for instance, in some context, populism um, takes momentum, others, other places, you know, socialists may take take them, um, uh, you know, this stage. So um, that's that's um, an issue that Polanyi pro probably can't help us to understand. Um, and um, and another um, aspect is that you know. Um, the possibility of, of, of kind of a of agreement or compromise between movement and counter movement, uh, which happened in 20th century, cannot be explained fully by Polanyi. So, if we actually consider these two um, uh, two pictures, we are arguing that you know um, when when commons convert to capital, um, because they, that process cannot be fully done, it's very it's relative and incomplete. Capital to survive still needs to fetishize, and one of the things that then one of the areas that they fetishize is the area of the political process and elections, and that can actually create an opportunity for counter movement to to infiltrate. Um, but again, the fetishize fetishization can actually accelerate the process, and by accelerating the process, it works like a positive loop. And we know that positive loops in a system actually create more um, lack of, you know, uh, uh, lack of a stability. Uh, so to, to avoid, um, you know, uh, to, to bring a stability back, then you see the civilizing mechanisms like, you know, social democracy um, complementing fetishization. And then in the process of the counter movement, you know, you have the defetishization as a positive, um, as a positive um, uh, um, feedback which accelerates the process of, of commoning. But because these defetishizing forces are very diverse, the issue is that how we can actually create a, a harmony between them. And we think that transfer, transversalizing mechanisms can do that. Now, when populism gains momentum against you know, social democracy is actually when, uh, if you look at these two, uh, the fetishizing process is much greater than civilizing process. Therefore, we, instead of social democracy, we have more acceleration towards, you know, greater levels of capital capitalization. Yes, and just just that the, the last sentence probably. And then when defetishization actually takes over transversalization, so you can't create a harmony across the across the counter movement movements. Therefore, 
the stage is ready for populism to gain momentum because now you don't have the solidarity um, among the progressive forces and you have the, 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 the populists you know, gaining more greater momentum. Sorry for that, you know, it probably looked very abstract. Yeah, uh, okay, thank you.